Hey there, this is Dee Yvonne Rivers, your host for Birth Moms Real Talk, a podcast where you will hear the journeys of birth mothers who have placed children in adoption and also have some emotional and tough conversations, or you may say hot topics about adoption. Listen in. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Dee Yvonne Rivers. I am the host for Birth Moms Real Talk podcast, the platform for birth mothers to share their story of their journey, of their healing, dealing with the trauma, dealing with the displacement that uh, and all the stuff that birth mothers go through. You know, a lot of times I just say stuff, you know, so we're going to talk about stuff today. And I'm so happy to have as my guest today, Nicole. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Good, good. So we're going to allow you to tell your story, your journey, starting with where you grew up and your life going up to when you became a birth mom. Awesome. So I am uh, from Southern California, born and raised. Um, And I didn't really have the best childhood growing up. Um, I had a pretty abusive mom. Um, You know, she had her own trauma that she was dealing with. And, uh, Unfortunately, that trauma kind of manifested into physical and emotional against myself. Um, And she ended up leaving me when I was about 10 with my dad. And though my dad is a very nice man, he just isn't equipped to raise children. And so I ended up being dropped off at my grandma and my aunts. And um, they took over raising me. Um, You know, and I... That was difficult. I actually didn't even understand that I was technically adopted until I was in my te- like late teens. Mm. Um, I I was kind of confused about it. I was like, oh, I'm just with family. Right. I'm, right. I'm not adopted. <laughs> so was it an official adopting process that took place? It was not. My okay. aunt was very intelligent and um, my parents do not have the best careers. And so she didn't want to adopt me officially so that I could use my family for my education okay. and use my okay. parents. Okay. Um, and so that, that did come in handy, but, okay. um, you know, and even that growing up with, with my aunt, she had been my primary caretaker, um, from the time I was born and she was only 16. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, Were you only child? Any other siblings? I have a younger sister. Um, we're about five years apart. And um, with my sister being born, like she was my baby. My my mom, again, was a difficult, had a difficult time. And so I was like doing feedings and okay. Okay. really stepped up at five <laughs> to make sure wow. that my sister. <laughs> You're doing feedings at your five years old to your sister, your newborn sister. Yeah. Wow. It, it, Definitely cultivated this motherly part mm-hmm. of myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you had yeah, a real was... live baby doll, not a play one, huh? Yeah, I had one that, you know, <laughs> the stakes were higher than a yeah, baby doll. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sounds like it. Sounds yeah. like it. So did you move to another area when you were with your grandmother and aunt or same place? They've always had the same place. Okay, okay. Um in the San Fernando Valley, they, my grandparents have had that house since the seventies. Okay. Okay. And that was always my home base with my actual biological parents. Um, Mm -hmm. we moved around a lot. It, they had a hard time keeping apartments and Mm -hmm. 
Um, a lot, like we didn't really have a lot of stuff because when we would cultivate stuff, we would end up getting evicted and then not being able to wow. take any of that. Wow. And so it was a very rocky childhood. Right. Um, I went to Catholic school my entire life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that faith based education did help me with my morals and kind of understanding the world around me more. Um, and you feel like it gave you more stability? A hundred percent. Like okay. that was always a constant was I knew I would be going to my school. Mm. Like I may not be in the same apartment the next month, but I was right. always in the same school. Wow. That's a statement to have some security where you would be, if nothing more yeah. for residents, at least you'll be in the same school. Wow. Great. And my, Great. my aunt paid for that the entire time. Mm, um, mm. Even when I wasn't living with her full time, um, okay. Okay. she really stepped up and without her, I wouldn't have had any sort of sense of normalcy. Wow. wow. She was your angel. I had an angel too. Yes. The angels. Angels watch over us in many different facets and forms. Yeah. That sounds good. Continue. Yeah. So finally moving into my grandparents and my um, aunt's house, they all live together. Um, it, it was difficult. I was really withdrawn, kind of confused and angry, not understanding I was angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really changed probably around middle school. I became a very angry child. Uh, um, I was very mean at school. I was one of the mean girls, you know, and I own it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, you call your own <laughs> self a mean girl, really? Yeah. But where does the anger... Was it anger at yourself? What is anger? Anger at um, whom? It was anger at my mom. Okay. Okay. Because okay. I wanted to be with her, but mm-hmm. she was also my abuser mm-hmm. and she abandoned me. And I just, mm-hmm. I, I was so confused. You know, it's like right. I, I wanted to be with her, but I hated yeah. her at the same time. Right. That love hate relationship. Yes. 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 And, and so you know, how did you work through that anger? Became a mean girl for real? I I honestly was. I okay. I I didn't start to understand that my words and my actions really left people in pain until my final year of high school. Mm, Okay. And uh, that year, I became a hundred percent withdrawn. I only really talked to one other person, um, and I kind of was like, I don't feel good about myself, Mm -hmm. so I need to not attack other people. Okay. You realize that. Me. So you came came to that decision? Yes. Okay. I I really stopped, you know, hanging around large friends okay. and uh, big big groups of people because I was okay. like I I create chaos because mm. I feel chaotic. Mm. Mm. You know that that statement there, we show what we have been exposed to. You yes. now you call yourself chaotic because she'd been through a chaotic life, Nicole. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. And Go ahead. you know, um, I ended up graduating, and um, I would say I graduated in May, and I went on a family vacation in July to Florida, and that is when I figured out I was pregnant. Oh, okay. Now something had to happen before you figured it out, right? So <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know you were here before it's figuring it out. So yeah. you went to Florida on a vacation with your family? I did. Yeah. It was our first family vacation. Okay. 
and um i was so excited because we were gonna we were going there specifically for the new harry potter land this was back in 2011 <laughs> okay for myself like i'm a huge harry potter fan uh-huh um and <laughs> and my family's having a great time and i was freaking out mm. the entire time um i just didn't feel good Mm-hmm. And I hadn't gotten my period in a while. I was irregular, and so I, okay. I didn't okay. think anything of it. Right. But the nausea and headaches, and I was like, "Oh no, there's something mm. in my body." Wow. Because <laughs> now you were what age? Because you had finished high school, right? Yes, I was 19 at the okay. time. Okay. 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 Um, right. And I kind of just put it in the back of my mind. I uh, freaked out for, you know, a few days and then enjoyed the vacation, came back home. Mm-hmm. I ended up telling one girlfriend of mine because she had had abortions in high school. And so that was going to be my plan. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to consult with her, like, what happened with you after? How did you feel? And right, we, right. we had a, a good conversation. I ended up uh, making an appointment with Planned Parenthood, going, and when they called my name, I just couldn't get up. Mm, wow! So they just, you know, they kept calling for Nicole, and I sat there and mm. I couldn't do it, and so okay. I ended up walking out. Okay. Um, you know, it could be guilt from from uh, being raised Catholic. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely that that shame and guilt came along with it, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I walked out of Planned Parenthood and decided denial was going to be my friend. <laughs> well, had been your friend for how many months then? Yes. At that point, <laughs> I, I was about two months. Okay. Okay. Um, and I, I didn't tell anybody. Wow. I was going to ask you, did you talk to anyone? I mean, did you share? No. Um, okay. Okay. Um, I was in complete denial the entire mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. I barely gained any weight because I was still maintaining my fitness um, regimen that I did. Okay. And I didn't go to any doctors. I, I was like, you're not pregnant. It's fine. You had convinced yourself that you just was not pregnant. Yes. Though I, I knew 100% I had taken tests. They all okay. came out positive. Okay. So you had the positive test, but it was yes. like that test was not right. So, how many tests did you do? <laughs> I did about five. Oh, wow. And everyone yes. was positive. Every single one. And I was like, liars. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine you looking at it it's like, that's not true. Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Next step was what? Yeah. Well, the only time that I really allowed myself to feel the pregnancy was when I was by myself in the middle of the night and uh, my baby was kicking. Couldn't deny moments, that, could you? No. Couldn't deny that. Um, wow. You know, but then I'd go to sleep and I'd wake up and be like, you're not pregnant. <laughs> mm. So how um, long did you do this, Nicole? I did it the entire time, unfortunately. You said the entire um, time. Explain yes. to me what that means. I didn't tell another person until I called my best friend at 11 o'clock at night saying I need to go to the hospital. Um, until you went sh- into labor. Yes. And no one knew and no one asked, Mm. no one suspected. No, you know, at that point I had been so withdrawn from my family that I, I lived in a house with four adults, but nobody, Mm -hmm. nobody noticed, nobody, 
they just all figured I was angry and mad. And, you know, I, I always was kind of left alone. So were they in that denial also of what was going on with you? No, they had no idea. When I said that, or they, when you say you thought you were angry or whatever, so they had left you alone and denying that you were there and even to have a conversation with you? Yeah, to be honest, I, I, I had acted out so much in high school that I had Mm -hmm. hurt everybody in my house so much. Okay. Okay. That there was resentments on both sides. Okay. You know, my my aunt and I, our relationship really took a nosedive because it was so difficult for me to see her as my mother mm. when she was my savior while, you know, my mom was, I was living with my mom. And so for her to become the mother figure and give me consequences and try and raise me, I was like, you're my fun aunt. Like, what are mm. you doing? Okay. 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 So you call your friend when you were going into labor. Yes. And she had no idea either. (laughs) What did she say to you? What was the first thing? What was the first thing she said to you? Oh my God, are we having a baby tonight? (sighs) And you answered yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we Um, are. I did. Oh, wow. The good thing was I lived across the street from a hospital. Uh, literally across the street. So we just drove right across the, the way, mm. um, you know, got there around midnight and walked into labor and delivery. And these nurses were so mad at me. Mm. Um, you know, I get it now. I'm 30 now. And so I, I understand here's this 19 year old child walking in being mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm pregnant and I have no plan. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, they had, I had nothing. I didn't do any prenatal um, visits, no information. Um, And from there on that experience, I blacked out uh, in in those moments. I shut down. I was just like, I'm going to have a baby and I know I can't take it home. (laughs) Wow. Were those words, I mean, did they actually come out of your mouth that night? I did. Yeah. I told multiple okay. nurses. I was like, I, I can't, I didn't even know the gender at this point. I was like, I can't take mm. this, this baby home. I, my family doesn't know, you know, mm. and within an hour of getting to the hospital, a social worker was in my room. Okay. They obviously had call to get someone yes. to talk to you. So okay. the social worker gave me my options, which, you know, would be parenting or adoption at this point. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I let's do adoption. Um, mm-hmm. I am a really big, um, what is it like a? I really love watching TV and movies as kids, and mm-hmm. um, I watch Teen Mom a lot. And there's a couple on there that that place their baby for adoption. And so having that knowledge from Teen Mom, I knew that you know adoption would be the only option at this point for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they had a they had a semi, but at this point, I asked for clothes. Um, okay. The only the only criteria that I asked was that it would be a, a a queer couple. I wanted two men. Why? I I'm a huge LGBT okay. uh, advocate, and okay. as well, I knew I didn't want to deal with another mother. Mm, was that if, back from your history with your own mom? Yes. Okay, I understand. 
A hundred percent. And I, you know, there's a part of me that did want it to be open. I just wasn't ready to face that decision yet. And so mm-hmm. even in future meetings, I didn't want to always have to be compared to the adoptive mother. Right. Right. Okay. okay. Um, and so, you know, within a few hours, she gave me three options. Um, wow. It was a family with a daughter, a family with a son, and a family with no kids. And I chose the family with no kids and uh, ended up giving birth around 7. So got there at 12, gave birth at 7 in the morning. You made a lot of decisions in that seven-hour period of time. Yes. <laughs> you went through a lot in that seven-hour period of time. Yes. Um, Big decisions. Big things happening. The most difficult day of my life. Yes, yes. Was your friend there with you? She was the entire time. Okay, okay. Um, You know, I I love and appreciate her for that. And I definitely apologized for taking our innocence Mm -hmm. that night. um, Because, you know, she held my hand and my leg and we we went through this together. But, you know, I, though I was in denial, I was being prepared. You know, I knew I was pregnant. She had no idea mm-hmm. she would be going through this um, emotional roller coaster. <laughs> Absolutely. At what point did you share with your family, or did you that? So you okay? You you had to, your son that seven o'clock the next morning. So yeah, what happened after that? Oh, you had a daughter. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, the main point where everything changed was that one of the nurses decided to not tell the doctor my request to not have the baby put on me right after birth. Uh Um, She later said that she didn't agree with my adoption decision. And so I, you know, know, I'm seething over here. Okay. Yes. I, (laughs) you believe me. um, I, you know, I pushed her out and they put her on me and I screamed. Mm. I was yelling and was saying, get this baby off me. I was, I, I was, tra- it was more traumatic than anything. Right, right. You know, at, at that point I knew I had a girl. I saw that, you know, sh- it was a girl and uh, my poor doctor was like freaking out. And I ended up telling him, you know, I was screaming, I'm not keeping it. I'm not keeping it. Mm. And um, mm. they took the baby right out of the room. You know, I'm sobbing at this point. Right, right. Um, but because that happened, I asked if we could change the agreement to semi-open. Okay. Because I knew it was a girl. My feelings had changed. I had that, that skin-to-skin contact. Mm. Um, that what I you just want. said was very amazing. It was only for a minute, right? Yes. Only for a minute. But that itself? Changed. Changed. That's amazing. That is amazing. That's amazing power of skin to skin. Yes. Amazing power. Yes. Amazing power. Um, You know, and within a few hours, I changed my mind again and I wanted it completely open. <laughs> okay. So it was and, a lot of things going into your mind. I mean, that's expected. Yeah. I mean, just as we talk about a seven hour period of time between giving birth, making decisions, talking to people, choosing families. Yes. All of that, you know, I, I, I say uh, most of the time in, in each podcast is it's amazing what birth mothers go through and have to yeah. go through and all the stuff. And I say this stuff, good, bad, ugly, or indifference or whatever that is wrapping around our mind. And it's a wonder we don't lose our mind. I mean, I'm <laughs> yeah. serious. I mean, because I, I say, listeners, you know, I'm going to say this. 
is the fact that why this podcast is up now and, and, and been for the past six, eight months or whatever is to allow people to look into what really happens in the process of giving birth and what the birth mom is going through. And not just talking about the birth moms, it's the other side of the child, you know, because I, I'm from all, I take all perspective because I ta- I come from the birth mom's perspective, but I want to hear because it affects that trauma is for the child and for the mother. Yes. It is child and the mother. So after you change your mind again to become force, <laughs> what closed? So it ended up being closed or what? It's completely open. Okay. Um, okay. The original family that I had chosen, unfortunately, they were on vacation. Uh, and so okay. they couldn't come and pick my daughter up. Um, and so I, w- I then was left with the one with the son and one with the daughter. And again, I chose the one with the son because okay. I had such trauma with females. Okay. But I was like the one with the son. And honestly, that was fate because... That's those are her adoptive parents, and they allowed me to change my mind so many times. Okay, okay. Um, and so I, I could actually see my house from my window. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I, after giving birth, you know, I was nineteen, so I was able to stand pretty quickly and walk uh-huh. around the room. And um, when I was discharged, I had to tell the nurse to wait because my grandpa was actually watering the, the yard. Uh-huh. So I, I had to like tell them like, can you please let him go back inside so he doesn't see me? Wow. So where did you go after you left the hospital? Did you go back across the road? I did. I went right across the street and... Went into my bedroom and just kind of sobbed for the next few days. Uh, They had no idea. They had no idea. None whatsoever that I had just had a baby and placed this baby for adoption. And um, how they ended up finding out was that the hospital called my aunt because I was only 19. So I was on her insurance. Uh. And they called and asked about baby... Um, Heil, which is my last name. And she was like, nobody's had a baby. What are you talking about? (laughs) So did did she come to you? So how did it come out that it was you? Yeah, by the third call, um, (laughs) she cornered me and was like, Nicole, what are these calls? And I ended up breaking down and telling her. Mm. And, um, you know, she took it the best way that you, you can. She mm-hmm. apologized that I had to go through that by myself. Um, wow. She was so sad for me. And, um, you know, my family, I ended up telling everybody individually throughout the next few months. And um, it was the same response. Everybody was just so sad that I had to deal with it alone and mm-hmm. that I wasn't comfortable enough to come to anybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I definitely was it. I just, I didn't want to be a burden. And I also knew that if I came to them, I would be given the option to keep the baby. And I mm. even, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to mm-hmm. from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So that, even if they had, had uh, offered support, that was really not something that you were uh, ready or comfortable in doing that. Absolutely not. I was okay. still so messed up from my trauma Mm -hmm. that I knew I would just continue the the trauma. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, money wasn't going to be an issue. I could have just stayed at that house. You know, they, my, my grandma ended up 
telling me, go get her and I'll, I'll take care of her. And I was like, no, she has a family. Mm. No, we already, I made this decision. Right, right, right. Please just respect the decision. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, and it, it took me a while to sign the papers. Mm-hmm. Uh, her adoptive parents graciously allowed me, I had to be 10 visits before I could sign the papers. Okay. Okay. Um, I knew I was always going to, but I just, I didn't know what was going to happen after the papers. Right. right. And I, I wanted to continue to see her. Right. Um, and my aunt, once she understood it and stepped in and, she really took over the parent role for me. Um, we ended up getting a contract signed, which okay. I never really hear from birth moms. I know. I'm, I'm going to have you to talk more about that because yeah. we, that's something that we've addressed in some different situations of moms not knowing what they could do Yeah, and having legal representative for their wishes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Continue. Um, so we ended up getting together and coming to agreements on everything, on how many visits I got a year, okay. on what would happen if, you know, she decides she doesn't want to see me anymore. Mm-hmm. What would happen if I decided that? Mm-hmm. Uh, really, we like sat down and discussed the future and uh, they were so open to all of my requests and wishes. Um, you know, we, you don't know this other person really, or this, this right. other family. Mm-hmm. And so this contract, it's just there to protect the birth mom because, right, right. Um, you know, I didn't know it then, but going on birth mom retreats, hearing horrific story after horrific story of families just disappearing, families mm-hmm. not honoring their mm-hmm. word. I was so thankful that my aunt stepped up and was like, we're getting you a contract. We're, right. Right. You know, we're, we're going to protect you and what you want because you are giving a piece of yourself. This isn't. Mm-hmm. This isn't, you know, a, a toy. This is exactly, part of your soul. and it's so important. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I've heard so many stories, and I say stories about moms not knowing. And I'll hear, I didn't think I could do that. Yeah, I didn't think I had the right to do that. It's about for them expressing and exercising your rights. But if you don't know what your rights are. You don't know to ask or or whatever, or to have an advocate there for you, like your aunt was. And part of it, as as you see, and you know that I'm always an advocate of transparency and everybody, all triads, understanding each other. And until you have those conversations, face those tough decisions and do those real talk, people don't know. And then there's the expectation. Well, I thought, no, don't think, no. Know yeah. what you want and being able to express your wishes. Cause, and I'm going to ask you this question. Did that give you some confidence to know that you are the mom who gave birth to this child and you had some rights? Did yeah, it make it you feel that did. way? It, it, it right. gave me a peace of mind to understand that I'm a part of her story. Yes. And yes. And that I will always be. Absolutely. You've heard me say before, and I'll say it again, that birth bond never is broken. Never. Whether you see that child again or not, it's never never broken. And the moms need to know that. And years ago, it was more so, don't you forget it and whatever, put it behind you. Even during that time, you know, as I said, is I always believe because you're told, oh, you'll never see the child again. Um, not me, you know, <laughs> but, but you, and everyone's different. 
But yet, and still in today's society, in today's premise, as I say, when starting this broadcast, podcast and all different people coming on and different opinions and whatever, when you get that clarity, when you get that security, when you get that assurance, as you say, you have a right to your own decisions. That is powerful. That gives that mom that, oh, hey, I can do this. I can get through this because I have a right. You have a right. But just as you say, you negotiate because it is a two-way street. It is a two-way street, you know, for as in other parents and whatever, but you have that for you saying what you do. And that gives you that confidence to not move on, but move forward. There's a difference between moving on and moving forward. Yeah, it really did. It made me feel like I wasn't just a vessel, Mm -hmm. that I was a person Mm -hmm. that had my own needs and wants. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I... I really do thank them for agreeing to all of it. And, you know, I, the funny thing is we don't actually go by that contract. Um, I'm glad that I have it. Okay. But um, her family, they are so loving and open. They've, I, they have visits with my family without me even there. Wow. So it's going well, huh? A hundred percent. I'm glad she, to hear that. I believe she is 10 or 11. Um, okay. And, you know, pre-COVID, I was seeing them maybe every three to four months. Okay. Um, you know, they would come to my house. I would go to their house. Um, I was invited to Thanksgivings and Christmases and birthdays. Great, and, great. Does you she know, know even, you, who you are? She doesn't yet. Okay. Okay. Um, I've left that up to when they're ready to tell her. Okay. Um, I, she's known me my entire, I've known her her entire life and she's <laughs> asked very poignant questions. So, uh-huh. you know, I think we're going to, we're getting to that point. You know, okay. the last time she asked me, why do we look alike? Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Now, see, you know, that was going to be my next question. You're saying, you know, when you spend time together, when you see similarities and even the child will bring it up, it's like, yes. oh, are we related? You know, or maybe mm-hmm. a question like that. You know, my answer was, we're just beautiful. That's <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. I like that. I like yeah. that. Um, You know, and I... I also wanted to talk about for my healing part of all of this, you know, I, I became a nanny to a family, um, two men as well, two dads, and Uh they adopted their children. And during this time I was picking the kids up from school when I learned that they went to the same school as my, as my daughter um, and her brother. And so for about two years, I saw her every Monday through Friday. <laughs> oh, wow. Amazing. Amazing. Well, and because you were having visits with her, so she didn't know, she didn't know you. Did you know? She didn't at that point because okay. she was too young. Okay. Okay. You know, it, it was probably the most difficult time of my life because, right. you know, sometimes there would be recognition. I think mm-hmm. she was maybe four or five at the time. And so mm-hmm. sometimes she would be like, oh, I kind of recognize that person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But most of the time it was blank. Okay. You know, and I ended up gaining a lot of weight. I ended up getting um, deep into depression because right. seeing that, seeing her, seeing you know, her. every single day, mm-hmm. um, it was so difficult. Mm-hmm. And 
um, I ended up confiding in one of the children. It was um, two boys and a girl. And I told the little girl everything that had happened. And, um, you know, having her hold my hand while we were leaving because she Mm -hmm. saw her Mm -hmm. was it meant so much to me. Um, And definitely being a nanny and using that mother motherly like instinct in me helped me along this journey. So you were, um, you, you, uh, you, you became a mother for your daughter, but you were able to basically raise and be a mom to the kids that you were a nanny yes. to. Wow. That's a blessing. Yes. A and blessing. I, I definitely am an advocate for therapy because I yes. got myself into therapy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, get, um, do your work and get your therapy. That's what I say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because seeing her that often and that much and mm-hmm. I, I was going crazy mm-hmm. where I was like, this is my child. And mm-hmm. at any point I could have let the parents know, but I didn't want to burden them as well of like, right, right. you know, hey, I am at the same school every single day. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. But as you say, part of your healing of you using your motherhood or motherly characteristics Every day, even though it wasn't with your daughter. Yes. And then from that, I moved on to um, adopting a dog to also put those motherly instincts into. (laughs) You know, I have to, this is full confession here now. I have an issue a lot of times when you Google or you put, you search adoption. It comes mm-hmm. adopt a pet, you know, yeah. I'm not trying to adopt a pet, you know? So anyway, but yeah, I know that correlation. Well, I adopted a dog. Okay. Not the same, not the same, not the same, no. but you know, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was definitely able to be a caretaker okay. and um, I put that healing. I, I knew that I had this instinct in me and I didn't want to just suppress it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, becoming a nanny, adopting a dog, okay. um, you know, doing all of these things so that I could use this instrument that I was given. Absolutely. So are you getting joy out of life now? I I definitely am. Okay. Um, okay. I recently just had another baby. Okay. Um, you know, and it was difficult to be pregnant again and, um, you know, going to... I'm so sorry I'm getting emotional, but going uh, to sure. the appointments and realizing that I didn't do that for my daughter yeah. was was really hurtful. And right, right. She was born healthy with nothing wrong, but that's a blessing I, there. Yeah. I was so guilty taking care of now, you know, my my the pregnancy that I had the mm-hmm. second time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my first doctor visit, I was crying because I, I, I let my doctor know and mm-hmm. um I was like, this is so simple. And I, I could have walked into any Planned Parenthood to, to get this. And, um, you know, being scared and not understanding right. really stopped me from doing that. Yeah. So how is uh, it now? You Now you said you recently. So how, how long ago did you have another child? Uh, just recent. He'll be four months next week. Oh, wow. Four months. Yes. Great. <laughs> so how is it now? Uh, it's bittersweet because okay. I I love taking care of him and, mm-hmm. you know, having those moments. Um, but there's always in the back of my mind that I, I missed this. And, mm-hmm. you know, though I have, I've been in reunion the entire duration of her life. Right. I right. missed everything. Yeah. 
Yeah. I missed first giggles and, right. you know, um, crawling and words. And I. Would you get her- to experience it this time? Yes. You get to experience this time. I, 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 I know, I know your heart and feel your heart because when we don't have that, like when I, um, found my son, he was 45 years old. You know, no baby there. <laughs> no baby at all. That's what I call him. He's still my baby boy, but he's a baby man now, <laughs> whatever. But, and so it's the whole thing of that's part of the grief, the grief and the trauma. We lose, we lose all the years that we had, we didn't have with our children. And it's the whole thing of looking at what we can gain now. And I, I say all the time, uh, he and I are building an adult relationship. You know, yes, I'm his mom, but it's an adult. We both are adults and we're growing our relationships. So that's the joy I get. I've seen some pictures of him when he was younger and that gave me joy. Um, I may have said this before, but one particular joy shortly after we were in union, he did a photo shoot. He's in business also, I think for his website. And the next day he showed me, I took some pictures. I felt like he was in the fifth grade showing his mama, <laughs> look at my pictures, look at my pictures. But really that was, that was the joy I got. This is a grown man in these pictures. And I'm thinking, oh, did my little boy be, you know? but we, we get that joy. We get that joy when we can, because the trauma and all that we've been through, we look how we got through it and like the therapy, the support group, I journal, I write. I remember writing years ago, I will see my son, I will see my son. So that positive affirmation that uh, we'll get through this, it's lifelong. So we got to get through it. Yeah. We got to get through it because it's lifelong. So it's not like, well, I'm going to dismiss it and not deal with it for two years and then it's going to go away. No, it's not. No, it's not. So don't fool yourself. Don't fool yourself. Yeah. Get your get your therapy and do your work. That's why the podcast. Listen to podcasts. Uh, and I listen. I listen to podcasts for adoptees, adoptive parents, and whatever, because I want to know those perspectives and have a dialogue. You know, once a month, Birthbonds Real Talk, the fourth Saturday, I think it's coming up this Saturday, that we do a uh, dialogue with on Facebook Live with adoptees, birth moms, and uh, adoptive parents. Because when we understand each other, just like you were, your aunt helped you to negotiate how you wanted to do with her parents that were adopting her, we can get that security and that assurance that we're not up in the air all the time. Because as much as we can lower our own anxiety, the better life we have. Yeah. That better life we have. So we're winding down now. So I want you to talk, more about your rights as a birth mom for you saying what you want, if it's going to open adoption, you know, it's a semi-open or whatever, that you do have that right. Because I want you to speak, because I've heard it in so many different situations and it's sort of like a look comes on the mind, you mean I could do that? Yeah. You know, it's, it's important to understand that we're the ones losing a part of us. So Mm -hmm. we should be able to be protected by law Mm -hmm. and having that contract that will just give you the sense of security. Yes. And you're entitled to security. You're Mm -hmm. losing such a huge part of yourself. Yes. Yes. And even if it's, you know, just for the pictures that you you've agreed to semi, you're just going to have pictures, get it in writing. Mm-hmm. Get it, get mm-hmm. it in writing, get mm-hmm. it notarized, understand yes. that the law can protect you. Right. You know, don't necessarily listen to just what the agency is saying. Mm-hmm. Do research. We are blessed with technology now. Right. 
Right. To, to, we can Google all of these things, yeah. you know, and yeah. use resources yes. to understand all of your rights because mm-hmm. it completely changed my entire perspective from that time. I was 20 years old freaking out mm-hmm. and getting that contract. I was like, oh, okay, you right. know what? Right. I will still have visits. I have mm-hmm. it in writing. They mm-hmm. can't just up and disappear. And if they do, I have a paper that's legally binding. Right, right. That empowers you. That empowers yes. you. And and that's what I encourage. And you said the thing too, is that in writing, um, negotiate, express your opinion and your voice. Because if you don't, you don't have any regrets if something happens or whatever. And yes. I'm glad you also said you've got that contract and you don't always hold them to it or go about, but you've got it. Yes. You've got it. That itself is just empowering. So that's a note because I've, I've, I've made note of that and I've said it itself in front of people because I'm speak around the country and I'll say to moms, you've got a right to it. You've got a right to it, but you've got to ask for that. You've got to ask for that. So yeah, that's part of the real talk and the hot topics that people are not talking about this. And if people don't know, they don't know. And so I want those of you who are listening now, if you're hearing that for the first time, yes, it's true. Nicole just said she's got a contract. That was over 10 years ago that she got it. You can too, if you're just new in, in placing or understanding, even if you didn't have it, of finding out your rights. Because as we say, this is a part of us, part of our own. We had this birth bond for eight months, nine, whatever period of time. With that, you cannot break it. You cannot break it. You may be apart, but that bond is not broken. Any last thoughts, Nico? Yes, I um, I just really want to thank her adoptive parents for, okay. you know, providing the best life that yeah. they have for her and yeah. welcoming myself and my family. Um, Great. I hear so many you know, horror stories of mm-hmm. adoptions not going the way that they were planned. And right. um, her dads are so loving and kind. And um, even, you know, they came to my baby shower. Oh, wow. Which meant the world to me. And um, I'm never left out. And, you know, though I have a contract um, that I can fall back on, I've never had to use it because they are just wonderful individuals and I am just grateful and thankful for them. I'm thankful for my aunt and, you know, my, uh, my boyfriend that I've been with for 10 years as well. Okay. okay. You know, having, having a support group is important and yes, yes, yes. You know, rely on that support group. Absolutely. And know what you be able to share what your needs are. People can't read yes. your mind. So let people know if, if, if it's a day that, well, I just need someone to talk to, or I need a hug or whatever, express it's okay. It's okay. Give yourself, I like to say, grace for healing. There's a place for grace. In Birth Moms Real Talk podcast, our Facebook group, and we have that village. So join our village because that's our place for grace and healing. Because we got to deal with this to heal, ladies. We have to deal with this to heal. There's no getting around it. And when you face it, you know what you're dealing with and you can walk through it step by step as a process. Even in finding and reunion is hard, but it's worth everything. 
That's me talking. And as much as I enjoy and have my son in my life, it's a process and I understand that. And it's step by step. So thank you all for listening to Birth Moms Real Talk with our guest, Nicole, today. Tune in, so listen listen to all the podcasts and diff, all the different platforms. Give us some reviews and send us some comments. I'd love to hear the comments from the different podcasts and where most of the time the comments are, well, that was my story. You know, I went through the same thing the guests went through and whatever. And that's the biggest thing that we really have found is people say, wow, it's so similar to me. Thank you so much for the success that we've had with the podcast. Over 10, 12,000 downloads, over 200,000 people. It's amazing, but I knew that people wanted to hear and listen. So if you want to share your story, please go on our website at www.birthmomsrealtalk.com and submit your story. And you may be the guest, next guest after Nicole. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening into Birth Moms Real Talk, where birth mothers share their journeys and we have an open and honest conversation about adoption. If you would like to share your story or you have any comments, you can reach us at birthmomsrealtalk.com or email us at Yvonne at birthmomsrealtalk.com. If you like what you heard, we would appreciate your support on Patreon as a supporter. Find out more on our website. Tune in next time. See you then. Thank you.